podcast Ascenta Insights. I'm your host Nanda Felding, a senior partner at Ascenta Partners, an executive search firm in London, where I run the global consumer and brand practice. The pandemic has inspired us to take a fresh approach to our business and leverage one of our greatest assets, our global network of executives. We have launched this Ascenta Insights series to answer specific questions across many business critical topics. In collaboration with Johanna at Krisha Co, a tech entrepreneur and strategic management consultant, I'll be joined by a guest speaker in each episode. These subject matter experts are happy to share their knowledge with you, our global audience. In this episode, we are speaking with not one, but two guests, as we have the pleasure of inviting Jen Barley and Karen Sullivan, co-founders of Kickstart Your Edge, a revolutionary, straightforward, disruptive organization focused on building play-to-win cultures for bold, distinctive brands, such as Coty, Facebook, BMW, University of Texas Austin, and many more. Kickstart Your Edge uses an innovative, sustainable framework, focusing on key play-to-win strategies. They created the International Coach Federation accredited Get Real Leadership and Corporate Coach Training Program. This dual certification program is designed for coaches who want to focus on a non-traditional leadership approach to create cutting-edge experiences. With Jen's background in Silicon Valley and Karen's background of 25 years in law enforcement and retiring as a chief of police in New Jersey, Kickstart Your Edge bring a refreshing approach to leadership strategies. They've cracked the codes on rapid, quick adaptation of concepts and they'll be sharing some of their views with us today. Over to you, Jen and Karen. Hey, thanks, Nanda. We are totally excited to be here. So hello, everybody. My name's Jen. Hey, guys, and I'm Karen. And today what we're going to talk about is the only thing certain is uncertainty. I wanted that to sink in, Care. All right. It's sinking in. The only thing certain is uncertainty. And it's interesting because a lot of times we don't feel that. We're going to have certain times in our life when things feel more uncertain than others. But the truth is, everything in life is 100% uncertain. We don't really know what's going to happen. No. And and the thing is, is sometimes we think we do know what's going to happen. And then we get thrown the proverbial curveballs and forget it. We don't know what to do. Take, for example, 2020. Right? Talk about a year of uncertainty. No matter what country you are from, no matter what organization you lead, we have all been handed a heavy dose of uncertainty. You know, uh, one thing I'm thinking about, Karen, is one of the reasons that we sometimes don't feel exposure to uncertainty is because we establish a lot of rhythms and routines and patterns that give us a predictability, the moment those patterns are disrupted, the more uncertainty feels, right? So take, for example, COVID. We had COVID-19, and all of a sudden, depending on where you are, what your organization is, whether or not you had essential workers, most people all of a sudden found themselves working from remote locations. And all of a sudden, their pattern, their rhythm, and their routine was completely disrupted. 
not only from a work perspective, but also from a home perspective. And especially since they become one in the same at this point, right? Since most people were working from home, it's, okay, great. Now I am sitting at the dining room table and this has become my office. It's interesting, Kara, because with the roller coaster of 2020, what is it that you always say about a roller coaster? The only ones who get hurt on the roller coaster are the ones who jump off. So with item after item and situation after situation of 2020, that makes us go, did we even put this on our vision board? <laughs> right? Yeah, my guess, probably not. And I love that question that people are asking, you know, like years and years ago, well, when you were in, so let's pretend it's 2015 and somebody says to you, so where do you see your career in 2020? Or where do you see yourself in five years? I bet every person got this answer wrong. It's true. So Part of our work at Kickstart Your Edge is about helping executive leadership teams build play-to-win cultures. And part of this is through the mindset matters component where leaders really have to look at what's their default reaction when uncertainty feels huge. Yeah, that's big. And if you think about it, the only thing that's certain is... Actually, you know, I don't even know if I want to say it that way, but but... The certainty is in your control, if that makes sense, because we can't control what's happening around us, but we can always control our reaction to the things that are happening around us. So we sometimes cause even more of a fiasco, for lack of a better word, with the uncertainty that happens when we let our heads spin out of control. You know, it's true, Kara, because there's So the way that we look at the world is that there's two types of energy. We have above the line energy and we have below the line energy. And our experiences that we have, the way we process that is going to determine whether we're above the line or below the line. So some examples of above the line energy is where you feel good. (laughs) You feel in your personal power. You might be opportunity focused. You might be leading through life with curiosity And if you really think about it, the above the line energy is when you're having a pretty good day, right? When you're going about your day as you normally go about your day and it's in the, a little bit more of the optimistic, positive place where you're going and flowing, you're feeling pretty good. Below the line energy though, is going to be sort of the opposite. You're not having a great day. You might be feeling at the effect of your workload or the industry or changes that are happening in your organization. You might feel angry or in conflict. And it's where you experience that life is happening to you versus you creating your own life. You know, it's funny, Jen, and, and you can think of situations, and it's, and it's, again, this goes back to what I was saying before about the certainty and uncertainty. Like, think about the stock market, right? So the stock market has been all over the place in the past couple months. And some people are like, oh, my God, wait, the stock market just went down. You know, I need to sell everything. And other people are like, the stock market just went down. I need to buy like a crazy person right now. So it's, it's your, it's the way you're looking at the world. And again, you have control about the way you're looking at the world. Me, that stock market goes down. I'm like, let's buy, let's buy, let's buy. How's that go? Let's buy, let's <laughs> buy, let's buy. It's true. The way we think about things will determine what our results are going to be. So one of the key components that we always look at when we're looking at uncertainty or anything in life really is a, a 
philosophy called TFAR. It's based in neuroscience, and it's where your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions, and your actions create your results. So I'm going to give an example. Why don't you give an example, Jen? I think I will give an example. So if you have the thought like, oh my gosh, so much is out of control. I wonder what's going to happen. I'm totally worried about how X, Y, and Z situation is affecting my business. My team can't handle another hit. I'm concerned about burnout and um, I'm not sure how we're going to survive this. That thought then is going to create, well, those are a bunch of thoughts, are going to create a bunch of feelings. We might feel worried, concerned, out of control, maybe a little bit hopeless, right? It depends on really what it generates for you. But based on feeling of worry, concern, and out of control, all of a sudden it's going to affect our actions. We may start to overcompensate during this time. We may actually avoid asking more from our team because we're overly concerned about them. Or we could do the opposite. We could perhaps even drive everybody to work more and start to dictate what's going to happen. The results are not going to be where we need them to be. So that's a great example of TFAR that happens. And how we think about situations is going to control our energy level. And you know what, Jen, when, when you think about that so many times in different organizations, what are we concerned about? We're concerned about results, right? If you think about it, well, you're not thinking about your thoughts and you're not really thinking about your feelings or you're not feeling your feelings. It's action, result, action, result, action, result. And we get stuck in that action result spot. But if you really look at the neuroscience perspective of it, we need to back up. We need to really start thinking about our thoughts without overthinking. So don't be able to start overthinking because my guess is probably a bunch of overthinkers right here. But but we really want to pay attention to our thoughts. And when things are going good, what are some of the thoughts that are going on in your head? When things are going bad, what are some of the thoughts that are going on in your head? And then follow up with the feelings and the actions with then what's the results? Because we got to get out of that action result insanity circle. You know, and I will tell you that when you're the, the teams and the organizations that you are leading, the moment a change happens is when employees have that cue of like, oh my gosh, what's going on? They start to ask themselves questions. What does this mean? How does this affect me? What's happening next? What don't I know about? And all of those questions actually create more uncertainty because instead of just taking in the data, oh, we had X, Y, and Z change, instead their questions, their thoughts are creating the feeling of uncertainty because they're searching for answers. So Kara, I think we should probably talk about from the neuroscience perspective, what are defaults that people have when people go to below the line energy? So what happens for the most part, people will, you know, so you're going about your days, you normally go about your day and then something happens. So you get triggered, right? There's something that stresses you out. And we go to three different places. One is fight, one is flight, and one is freeze. And the interesting thing here is that they all have costs and they all have benefits. And what happens here is when you're in that fight spot, right, one of the benefits of being in that fight spot, you're really decisive, right? You act fast and you're insanely action-oriented. Now, that could be considered really good because you make things happen. The, the backside of that or the downside of that is you're going to go too quickly, 
right? You could make some really ridiculously rash decisions. And my guess is you're going to be really overly directed. This is where I feel like that command and control jumps in. And you're like, yes, we're going to do it my way because I said so. So those are the ups and the downs of that fight response. And let's talk a little bit about how to balance that out, right? So if your default is fight, it's about to your team, to your leadership, to the employees, it's about communicating your priorities. It's about communicating the vision during this time and also keeping your expectations in check. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it because it's almost like how do you close that information gap? Right, because what what aren't what don't people know? Because you've just moved really, really fast. Now, the next thing that we're going to talk a little bit about is we're going to talk about flight. So your default is flight. So the interesting thing again, something happens and you go to flight mode. Now, when the benefits of going to flight modes is that you you can get really, really inclusive. You're going to build some coalitions, right? You're going to be able to really get people together, and you tend to be empathetic which again, these are really positive for somebody that's in that flight mode. Flip side of flight is you're going to make decisions by committee. Now, it's, you're going you're gonna to want consensus. Some people can say that you're going to be slow, that it's going to be inefficient. And what happens here is you tend to shriek some responsibility. And Jen, why don't you talk about how to counterbalance that? All right. So when the, and the flight comes in, it's really taking a look at when is people pleasing getting in the way? When are you actually making sure that everybody's so taken care of and everybody else's needs are being met that maybe you're not making the right decisions for the business or for yourself? It's about creating a decision-making process through this time of uncertainty and then actually following it. It's keeping your people plugged in And it's putting together a communication plan. Again, you've seen a theme here, right, with communication. That's going to be the key in all of these. Now, the last default is freeze. Again, the upside of freeze is you're going to be calm, right? You're going to collect data, and you're going to be insanely thoughtful about what's actually going on right now. Flip side of freeze is you can't make a decision to save your life. What happens here is the overthinking kicks in and you get that paralysis by analysis and there's gonna, you're, you're going to be kind of stuck in your head right here. And what ha- tends to happen is another drawback. You're not going to really be able to be a great leader and give really good direction because you're so stuck in that freeze mode. Yeah, I think, here the interesting thing about freeze mode is, is we do really say, I need to pause, I need to gather data, I need to get all this information together. So the balancing act is find a non-freeze person. Find your fight <laughs> or your flight, but somebody who's not another freeze to be your right-hand person to make sure that you're still moving forward and you're still balancing so that you can have the trust and the insight that you might be missing while gathering the data. You know, Jen, that was a good point because with that freeze mode and then being able to pull in the fight people and the flight people, the big thing about this fight, flight, and freeze stuff is that it's you, you need to know on your teams who's your fighters, who's your flighters, and who's your freezers, <laughs> right? Not necessarily freezer, freezer, but you know what I mean. But, but that's really, really important because if somebody's going to go to fight and somebody's going to go to freeze, you're not going to be able to communicate because you're under stress. So you want to have these conversations ahead of time. 
figure out who's the fight people, who are the flight people, who are the freeze people. Because I know for me, I am going to fight and I'm going to make decisions and we're going to do it my way, right? We're, because that's just the way it's going to happen. And what happens is I can tend to do things fast and it's like, oh crap, probably shouldn't have done that. But what needs to happen is you need to pull in a little bit more freeze, right? The people that are going to be the thinkers. So for example, you're better at freezing than I am and you can kind of pull me back in. So I'm going to have us making decisions, but you're going to be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Let's think about X, Y, and Z. So I want everybody to just know that these aren't necessarily, it's not good, it's not bad, but it's how are we having the conversations with each other to understand each other and, and be able to maximize the fight, flight, and freeze responses of the people on our teams. You know, I think it's a good point. It's about talking to your team, turning at you know at the executive table to the left and to the right of you, and saying, "What are you? What's your default? Where do we go as a team? Are we all fighters? Where do we need to balance things out?" You know, it's interesting because uncertainty is always around us. And I will say that many, many times organizations will come to us and say, can you help us with uncertainty? And the answer is always yes, right? So it is one of our sweet spots. We live in uncertainty. We actually find the wonder in it. And we use uncertainty to be able to help us with where it is that we want to go. In fact, over the last several weeks, probably about the last six weeks or so, we've worked with several different organizations about how to proactively support the larger teams during heightened times of uncertainty. We have this four-week process that we take people through, and then we do surveys about it and how are people feeling and what's going on. And it's interesting because the employees who have been part of the program feel they are more supported by upper management. They're more connected to what's happening in life because we can't really separate the life from the work part. And they're in more control of their thoughts, their feelings, their actions, and their results. And one big thing too, Jen, they feel more connected to each other. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Big time. Because it's going to help them go through the uncertainty. Right, totally. Because it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know you felt that way. And what in response to that is they feel more loyal, dedicated, and engaged with their companies and with the people who are leading the companies. And that's really key right there. In each of the balancing acts for fight, flight, and freeze, it's about communication. And even an answer of an I don't know is more helpful than ignoring the question. So um, I think that there's just a, a lot of great information here. And what else do we want to say before we wrap things up, Kara? I think the biggest thing I want everybody to know is what are you going to do, right? Are you going to fight? Are you going to flight? Are you going to freeze? And knowing that is the key to balancing your own uncertainty. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of this series. Uh, we have a great time talking about this and just pay attention to your energy and what your default patterns are. Thank you, Nanda. Thanks, Jen and Karen. That was fun and super relevant and insightful at the same time. I'm sure quite recognizable for a global audience. Next week, we will continue the fascinating topic of leaders as we look at Talent 2.0. As a one-off, I'll be sharing food for thought regarding a fresh approach to talent strategies in order to prepare for the unpredictable future with innovation as a key objective. Rest me to thank you for listening and please consider subscribing to the Ascenta Insights podcast so you don't miss the next episode. 
We look forward to welcoming you back next week. Thank you.